Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast by Youthopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. In this episode, we have two guests again, and they are Amanda and Shireen. So Amanda and Shireen are project directors of I Remember. Project I Remember is a local health screening project initiated by NUS medicine students with a unique focus on dementia screening and awareness of elderly mental health issues like dementia, depression, and social isolation. So hi guys, welcome to the show. Yeah, hello, I'm Amanda. Hi, I'm Shein. Yeah, it's really nice to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, so we are just... um the project directors for Project I Remember for the past year. Actually, we just recently handed over to our juniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And we'll be glad to share a bit of what we've learned, I guess, in the past year with uh, you guys. So tell me a bit more about Project I Remember and what is what, what does it do? I mean, I've already said a bit, but I think you guys can give me a better picture. Mm-hmm. Project I Remember, um, it's a local uh, health screening project and it's uh, by NUS medicine students. So our focus really is on mental health issues, as you mentioned, so like dementia, depression, and we're also focusing on caregiver burnout in recent years. Yeah. So on t- in typical years, we usually do things like um, have a public exhibition to raise awareness, have health screening, and also have intervention programs like uh, Healthy Minds, which, in which we engage our elderly. Yeah. So I guess our topic of conversation today is to talk a bit about why it is important for us to care about our elderly and some of the issues that they face. So I think the first question is quite obvious. Like, what are some of the issues that our elderly face and why is it that you guys think that people of our generation don't really care? Mm, I think that's a good question. And I would say detachment. It's easier to be ignorant of something that you aren't attached to. Yeah, and I would say like, I mean, for most of us, the nearest attachment any youth would have to an elderly person would probably be your grandparents. For youths who do not have that opportunity to, you know, forge close relationships with, like, these elderly relatives, perhaps there's just no spark of interest, you know, to get to know more about the issues that this specific population face. Yeah, and I mean, based on my own experience, you know, I became interested in learning more about elderly mental and emotional health after I saw with my own eyes, like, how... um. Like, things like dementia can really, like, cause someone to deteriorate to such a state. And many of my peers who are, you know, equally as passionate about the elderly issues first started to serve and find out more about, like, um, this issue because of their own personal experiences as well. So, perhaps it's not that youths are not aware of elderly issues specifically, but because everyone has different experiences that kind of led them to be more aware or more passionate about a specific um, aspect of societal issues, uh, hence leading to the situation where it seems that some youths are not aware about elderly issues because it's just that they are more detached from it. Lah, whereas like some others are more passionate about it. You know, they build on their own personal experiences. It's very interesting because I think when you talk about like elderly mental health, I think that Mental health is a term that us youth are very, I guess, I would say more comfortable with talking mm. about, right? So, it I think, break that down for me, like, elderly mental health. Are these elderly the ones that, you know, like, have shared that these are some of the struggles that they face? And, like, how do you guys on your end mm. help them to see, like, you know, are y'all okay? Like, maybe this is the, maybe y'all going through depression. This is how you can work through it. Yeah. Mm, okay, so actually, um, when we first joined Project I Remember, you know, it's new new year ones and learning uh, through volunteering, right? It was quite 
uh, quite eye-opening. I actually see the statistics on yeah. uh, the issues. Like, for example, like elderly depression. Like, we don't really think of it. Like, previously, at least I didn't. And when I volunteered with Project I Remember, and we went through the public exhibition and we had to explain things to the general public, then I realised that um, actually one in ten suffer from elderly depression. Yeah, and it's quite a huge number, you know, like 10% of our elderly population actually um, shows signs. Uh. Yeah, this is not even including everything else, you know, like um, like mental health conditions like dementia and all that. So I guess project I remember when uh, back before COVID, like our pre-COVID initiatives was like to raise the awareness first. So we have our public exhibition first, mm. followed by our local screening, right? Mm. So we we try to encourage these elderly, oh, why don't you come down and we just like kind of uh, do like questionnaires, like medically approved questionnaires and to assess their risks on like um depression or like dementia and mm. then eventually like we either enroll them into our program or we um send them for follow-up with our partner organizations. Mm. So that's how we kind of like try to encourage them or yeah, and then we also target like their families. Like, you know, um, one of our initiatives that time was Family Day, mm-hmm. where we try our best to like, you know, get the family aware that, you know, these are things that they could potentially be prone to. So mm-hmm. we try to get the family involved as well and to pick up these signs. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's not something, as you said, you know, like, it's not something that anyone would voluntarily correct. Like, um oh, I might have depression. Like, correct, correct. Know, not like, Especially not, not the elderly, right? Yep, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. So, all the more important thing is the community around them mm. that needs to be aware of these things. Mm. Yeah. And we're also aware that like mental health can be a very sensitive issue to anyone. So, we also focus on like when we are telling them. So, usually in our screening, what we do is uh, we ask them some questions and we flag out for the risk factors. We don't really diagnose them with mental health conditions, but rather we say, oh, you might be at a higher risk. And we don't say, oh, you're at high risk and we stop there, right? Referral to organizations or like our own activities. So it's not like you're just given that label, but like we try to do something about it. And we also try to be very sensitive when we broach topics like this. And we also encourage them to like, if you are at a higher risk, um, we try to motivate them to have a uh, to see that they can take um, actions on their own to do something about it. Mm, empower them. Mm, mm. Exactly, yeah. We were talking a bit about, I guess, like, the detachment of, like, youth in general, right? So, my question is, why is it, um, I guess, why is it easy for us to brush off, like, what the elderly are experiencing? And why is it important for us to care about them? Yeah. I mean, we talked a bit about it just now already, but I think there's obviously some other points, right? Yeah. Mm. So um, on why is it that it might be a bit easier for us to brush off? As, as what we've mentioned, it's possibly it's things like stigma. Possibly because we don't, some of us don't have as much opportunities to interact with a community like that. And on the note of why is it important to care for elderly, um, I personally believe that care is most important in communities that are um, the most vulnerable. And the elderly population is a diverse group. Uh, some of them are able to each take. Uh, with dignity, uh, independently and gracefully. But then, as we discussed previously, uh, the elderly population also faces many issues, ranging from financial to physical to mental. And for many of these issues, it's quite difficult for them to manage on their own. So therein lies the importance of us as individuals we are, who have time, resource, and abilities to care for them, be it in providing that listening ear or like connecting them to like medical help 
or connecting them to some voluntary welfare organizations. Uh, and then also as important for us to empower like different members of society, uh, caregivers, family members, empower them uh, because they have the most contact time with the elderly. Yeah. I want to talk a bit about the project that you guys are directing, project mm. I remember. So I think it's really amazing that you guys or your school has come up with this initiative. Um, you guys do like local health screenings focus on detecting early onset dementia as well as like signs of depression and isolation. So I think, um, and we covered a bit about this just now, sometimes like the elderly may be hesitant in signing up for these screenings due to like a lack of familiarity and like stigma, right, in, in some of the conditions associated. So maybe you could share with us some of the common questions that the elderly might have in regards to like mental health screenings and how you guys encourage them to, 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 to go forward with it. Mm, you're right actually because people usually think of screening in terms of like blood pressure or like looking out for blood in stools or like blood tests and these are indeed very important screening tools uh, for us to detect physical health problems at an earlier stage to manage them so when like there's a project that I remember right, we come in with like mental health screening tools then it comes with a bit more like of a resistance so it takes more time to for something like um our project to in a sense the screening tools to be accepted um but I think what I really believe is that um, so the nature of the impacts of some of these conditions being rather subtle also makes them especially important for us to have proper tools to pick them up. This is especially helpful when done at an, at an earlier stage um, so we can tailor particular interventions to prevent, delay or manage certain conditions. And I think moving forward, we can really try to build more credibility in the screening tools and to build the public's trust and awareness in these tools for these screenings to reach out to and benefit more people. And actually, there have been quite a few organizations in Singapore um, providing um, these mental health screenings. So I guess we believe that um, in the future, we'll see more of that and more people will know about it and go for it. Yeah, so um, as what you mentioned as well, like, you know, like mental health issues does have a certain stigma to them. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so things like physical conditions like these, right, like diabetes and hypertension, like what Shane mentioned just now, they seem to be easier to pick up. Yeah. And because it affects your body directly, it's easier to, uh, you know, manage them. But mental health conditions, well, they have a tendency to become labels attached to them instead. Yeah, so this would probably be why like people are hesitant. Uh, because there's like the fear, you know, of finding out that you do have this condition like it just stops them like you know they, they think of it like oh what if I actually have it if I don't know I won't know right if I don't find out I won't know and I don't have it there's that kind of um, yeah that kind of resistance to it huh? I, so I just wanted to jump in and share that like actually I also had a friend who, who did a project on early onset dementia and then mm-hmm. I think oh sorry not early onset dementia Um, actually I think it was dementia basically how I think it was like hearing loss and like dementia, like basically okay. a project linking the two. Mm. And then they screen elderly for like um whether they they are losing their hearing. And I think he was sharing that like there were some elderly who basically reacted very negatively when they found out that they had like hearing loss. Not because mm. like they want to be like they want to lash out, but it's because I think exactly like you say, you know, like the fear of finding out that you are deteriorating in this way can be quite like shocking mm. and scary to kind of Acknowledge, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So that's very interesting. I didn't mm. think that it would be this way. And I guess the question is then, like, how do you guys like cushion the impact of the bad news to them whenever you guys they go, they come from screening and yeah, yeah. I think for us, we try not to portray um 
so usually we do questionnaires, right? So it'll be based on their personal story and how they answer them. Then from there, we come out with like whether they are at higher risk or not. And we try not to portray it as like a bad news. So we try to say like, okay, you happen to be at higher risk. That doesn't mean that you're diagnosed. And even though you're at high risk, it's a good thing because now you can take actions and there are like follow-up programs for you, right? Weekly sessions for three months for us to engage you. Uh, or we also um, refer them to certain organizations. So it's not like a be all and all kind of thing. And it's not a label that they will be stuck with. Uh. Mm. Cool. So let's now zoom out a bit and touch a bit about something on a topic that's a little more obscure. But you guys mentioned right at the start with regards to this particular project and that is the uh, topic of caregiver burnout. So I think briefly tell me a bit about what that is and like why it happens. Okay, sure. So caregiver burnout, right, itself is a state of physical, emotional and mental exhaustion experienced Mm. by caregivers. Mm. And it may be experienced by a change in attitude, you know, Mm. like from a positive and caring person to like a very negative and unconcerned person. And... In the journey of being caregivers, right, they are bound to face some stress. And I mean, in normal people, you know, like everyone's threshold for stress is different already, right? And so caregiver burnout can occur when there's like a chronic stress. Mm. Yeah. And leading to like psychological, physical, social changes, you know, for example, higher levels of irritability exhaustion, weakened immune systems, as well as like loss of interest and withdrawal from social groups. Mm, mm. Yeah, and personally, I've seen my relative Mm. like lose herself and deteriorate due to dementia, right? And I've seen firsthand how caregiver burnout affected my aunt who was taking care of Mm. this relative of mine. Like, and this guilt, right, that these caregivers feel and like this burnout feeling itself can even last even after the person being cared for has passed on. Yeah. and 100%. Yeah. And you know, I watched her deal with like the guilt and the grief of like, oh, could I have done more? And it was very sad because we can see that throughout the few years of caring for uh, her mother, right, she juggled not only her caregiver responsibilities, you know, she juggled it with other aspects of her life, like being a mother, being mm. uh, working, la, like her own personal work as well and other people like around her, like friends, right, all the friendships and like, yeah, so these things uh, make us realise that, you know, we need to support our caregivers. Mm. Yeah, and... Like, you know, like, how do we do that, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, correct. That was my full-up question. Yeah, so how do we do that? It's like, you know, just being a listening ear. Mm. You know, giving them that avenue to, like, just talk about these stressors, I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, would definitely help because, um, yeah. And beyond that, I think families, yeah, like, families of caregivers can, like, discuss, you know, how do I help this person? Because usually there's, like, one primary caregiver yep. in a family, usually lah. Yeah, and, you know, for example, just take turns. Sometimes on the weekends, hey, how about I take care of mom this time? Mm. And you can go and do your thing, go get a rest, go and play or something, right? And giving a caregiver some time to him or herself lah. Because I think that's very important to, like, just support them. Mm. But, on a bigger level, I guess like caregivers can definitely seek professional help, you know, when you find yourself like, okay, this is burning out. This is getting bad, yeah. right? Um, there's there are counseling uh services available. There are support groups that you can join. So yeah, I think it's very important, you know, that we don't just forget about our caregivers when we talk about the topic of 
um, serving the elderly. Yeah, because this group of people are just as much in need of our attention and care. Lah, because, um, yeah, people don't think of them, you know. Sometimes Correct. we see the elderly, I will so kalian. But we, we forget to think that, oh, this, uh, this person beside them probably is having a lot of stress in their lives as well, just caring for the elderly. Yeah, so I think we should provide a safe space for them uh, to seek support, you know, and let them know that they're not weak or unfilial, you know, for needing mm. to take a break from caregiving at times. Uh. Mm. Yeah. And actually, like, I agree with what Amanda said. Like, caregiver burnout is a very important issue also because um, you're not just helping a caregiver, you're also indirectly helping the person with dementia or depression as well, right? Because, mm. Um, it's a more sustainable way because like, after all these are the people that interact the most with um, our beneficiaries and if you think about it caregiver burnout is something where you cannot really definitively say like oh you have caregiver burnout right like there isn't like a threshold that say mm. uh, you have caregiver burnout so for someone who's like loving um, the like the elderly or like you know giving their all it's not something that they might notice also but for people around who may not be like involved or like a bit like distant the way to notice like the respecters or like mm, yeah. what Amanda mentioned and to come in and uh, encourage them to seek help to yeah. go for talks to read to, to learn more about things and also to seek help from like support groups for instance yeah, yeah. correct actually the idea of caregiver burnout came out in project I remember quite recently actually mm-hmm. during our year of yeah. being project director. So over the year of the past year, 2020, because um because of our change in initiatives due to COVID-19, right? So we had like our conference, like an online conference called I Remember Dialogue. And one of our topics was on caregiver burnout like, mm. because we identified this as a very important topic to talk about that I think previous years we didn't really touch on. Yeah, because uh with COVID-19, everyone is stuck at home. Yeah. Even more so, you know, like now you can't really go out, you can't really ask people to help you. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I guess like stresses are at an all-time high as well. Mm. So yeah. Um yeah, I think that's why like this topic is so important and dear to us as well. Lah. Yeah. I think the whole idea of like elderly care and like mental health issues and burnout is quite a heavy topic. I think touching on a lighter note, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, in your journey. Or I guess for both of you, you know, throughout this, leading the project for like a year, how do you guys like stay motivated? And I guess like what are some of the more enlightening moments of like, you know, managing this project? I think Amanda and I are both very, I think we always say that we're very thankful for the team that we have. We don't know like how this whole journey will be like now. We have a very driven team with us and I think that gives us a lot of strength and motivation. Um. So because COVID hit uh, last year, eh, around this period last year, right, we were mm. actually quite like restrictions. We can't do our usual initiatives. So there was a lot of uncertainty involved. And we are very um, fortunate to have a team that was very open to new initiatives, to adapting and to doing things very differently uh, and overcoming everything and even coming out of initiatives that we might do even after the restrictions are, restrictions are lifted, like the online conference. And I'll say also like what like the moments that touch me and um keep me going also are the times where I get to connect with the elderly, where you actually get to like say call the elderly or like during the previous years, like uh, actually talk to them in real life, um, make the popias with them 
or like help them complete their questionnaires or like translating the talks to them uh, and it's really like that ability to like build that connection with them that I felt like oh we can actually like there's some impacts that we can bring to them yeah mm, yeah I agree with Shane you know like for me I remember an incident during like our project I remember public uh, exhibition and health screening, you know, in 2019. So I was accompanying this grandma who could only speak Malay around. Mm. And so like, uh, I was ushered away from my duties because uh, I had to translate it for her. Because mm. yeah, I could speak Malay. Cool. Yeah, so uh, at the end of it, you know, I still remember she gave me like a huge hug and a huge smile. And it's like, it's just a feeling of fulfillment, you know, that I cannot describe. It's the moment you realise like, Small gestures, like just walking around with her throughout the whole exhibit, you know, like really matter a lot to her. Mm. Yeah, for someone like just to take time and just like, yeah, just uh, accompanying her at, at that time, you know. So, and then in addition to that, when we started our tele-befriending program, right, when we started to call our elderly. So, it was very heartening, you know, to form a relationship with my elderly throughout the weekly calls. At first, it was like a, who is this? <laughs> Like, like, they'll be like, because I called her landline. Oh. So, yeah, she doesn't have a mobile, so she doesn't know who's calling her, right? So, she'll be like, oh, who is this? Then, uh, the first week, it'll be like, oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I know, because uh, someone told them we will call them. So, they'll be like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Then, just like, get the combo going. But after that, then, uh, you know, you would hear the voice light up when she realizes it's you. Mm. Like, I'll be like, hi, auntie, it's Amanda. Then she'll be like, oh, it's you. Then like, oh, um, yeah, then she'll be so happy, you know, like can hear it in their voices. And yeah, and I can't forget, like, you know, she kept saying thank you, kept saying like, take care, study hard. Especially that one time when, uh, like I just bought her some food, like, like grab food delivery to her house. And then, uh, yeah, for her to book up puasa la, at mm. that time because it was uh, fasting man. Yeah, it was mm. Raya. It was at this time. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it may have just been a few short minutes every week, you know, but yeah. And like just a simple meal. But then like these small acts of love like made me realise that, you know, um, you don't need a lot to show someone that you can, you love them. Yeah. And this whole experience like kind of made me reflect and realise that love is in the small things and we shouldn't look down la, on what we can do. Mm. No matter how insignificant it may look at the, in the grand scheme of things, you know. And yeah, this is one of the motivations la, to make me continue serving in whatever capacity I can. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then like, as what she said, also like being in Project I Remember, it allowed me to work with like-minded peers, you know, and... Like, to serve this population at a greater capacity. Like, not just on my own. Mm. Yeah, so, like, truly, like, it's the community of people, you know, like, our fellow friends, like, our committee members, our volunteers, like, our project mentor, our partner organizations, our beneficiaries, and basically everyone who has crossed paths with us, right, that really helped us to push online this journey of service, despite, like, all the obstacles we faced. Mm. I think we were very lucky in our term in that, like, many, many of the people that we approach, right, be it like our mentor, Dr. Luke, or like our partner organization, like our befrienders, they were all very open to helping us, even though they probably have like a lot on their plates, like given that there's COVID. But then they were open to helping us, like helping to find speakers for our online conference. So I think to see like everyone so like, um, so passionate and um, people who believe in this cause makes, makes it um, a journey that is really quite worthwhile and gives us the strength for to push forward. Mm. I feel very like bittersweet. Like it's like a 
in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to your stories. But I, I think I want to ask one question before we run out. Uh, before we end the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think the whole movement or like volunteering for like the elderly is something that I guess is not as like fleshy mm-hmm. and like not as like hot. You know, people yeah. want to volunteer for environment. Which is great. Which is great, right? Or like women's issues and stuff like that. How do you... I guess if there's anybody tuning in, how do you want to encourage them or motivate them to participate in your course? Or, I, I don't know, even to just care a bit more about, like, the elderly in their life? Perhaps, like, one thing, though, like, uh, like especially to school students, like, for me, like, um, I think I want to let them know that, uh, you know, like, those secondary school, um, CIPs, mm. where you kind of, like, where the school tells you to, okay, go here. We're going to the old folks home today. To Correct. Uh, and then, um, you know, some people enjoy it, some people don't. Yeah. Yeah, but I just want to, like, encourage them, like, you know, go for it. Try it. You know, like, you never know unless you try. And since you're already given this opportunity, right, Um, yeah, go for it. Like, you never know whether you will actually enjoy serving this mm. specific community. Mm. And uh, this is coming from someone who actually didn't study in Singapore up till like secondary school. So um, I had the privilege of enjoying, you know, studying in two different education systems. And I would like to say that um, I think Singaporeans are very blessed to have like these platforms you know it serves as a safe space for you to try out new things mm. see whether you enjoy serving in this community or the other community or any other communities like and you'll eventually find that spark you know like oh this is where I want to um serve and this is who I want to serve as well yeah that's so yeah I, I would say like go for it uh. just mm. try yeah mm, I I think like even if like some people might not have grandparents that um give them that kind of uh grandparents who they can like interact with and give them perspectives of like the issues that they are facing, right? Or if they really happen to not have opportunities around them available for them to interact with the elderly, I think the internet is always a source for them to go for. There are a lot of very mm-hmm. good videos online. Um I think I watched a few by Channel News Asia that shine light on people with like the elderly with like say dementia and it really gives you a very personal insight into what they face and I think that from that you might gain you know some motivation to do or like to search up for your own um activities and opportunities yeah cool yeah thank you guys for joining (laughs) us today I'm really I think it's a very heartwarming (laughs) conversation that you guys (laughs) have shared with us um i hope everyone tuning in is inspired to care a bit more about like the elderly in their life and to encourage them to maybe you know like take a step to go for like screenings or yeah to show them a bit of love um so i think if any one of our listeners tuning in want to reach out to you i think they can find you on uh our project uh, Instagram is at project.iremember okay yes. yeah and if you search us on Facebook we are also there okay and it's <laughs> I remember one word I small I big remember. remember yeah cool mm-hmm. yeah okay yes. thanks a lot Renish. thank you so much for having us this show was brought to you by Utopia. this project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society 
have someone in mind, nominate that person at utopia.sg forward slash impact.